So far as the GA are concerned, in this matter, it's nothing to do with the individual teams. This is to do with the GAA protecting its own rules, protecting its own reputation. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The Club Championship Show on OTB in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Welcome along to what is probably going to be the last show of the season here on the Club Championship Show. It is brought to you by AIB, proud sponsors of the Hurling Football and Camogie Club Championships. Check out the hashtag, the toughest. A decision on where the AIB All-Ireland Club Final will be replayed is likely to be made within the next 24 hours. Glenn, last night at around 11pm, officially announced they are lodging a complaint against the result from the football decider after it emerged on Sunday that Kilmacud had 16 active players on the pitch during the last play of the game, that 45 where Glenn were trying to work a goal so as a result they are now going to lodge an appeal with the GEA we are told that the CCCC are to convene as quickly as possible but there's no timeline on the hearing or the potential ramifications from it as yet and of course Chemical Crooks will have their chance to respond as part of that CCC investigation as well while Ballyhale Shamrocks they scored 8 of the last 10 points in Crow Park in the hurling decider to see off a pretty dogged Dunloy in the end to land their ninth AIB All-Ireland Club hurling title. We'll be talking to Colin Keyes about the football situation a few minutes. Asher Riley's here with me. How are you getting on, Ash? Good, well, not too bad. How are you? Uh, just a little bit to talk about. Just uh, a small bit, between yeah. Between <laughs> that very exciting finish to the hurling final where Ballyhale Shamrocks mm-hmm. had just about enough. We're going to have Dean Mason, Pat Hoban and Owen Cody with us now in a moment. And the football... Plenty to discuss and very much an ongoing situation. We thought this was going to be a discussion about Kimmaker Croke's success on the pitch against Glen, but this is going to be decided in the meeting rooms at Croke Park. Yeah, it is so bizarre that it has came to this. Um, I was in the post-match interview straight after the game and just listening to the managers, they were taken back by it too. Like Michael O'Rourke was first to walk in and it was Cara O'Kane that asked him the question, did you realise there was 16 men on the pitch at the time? And he said, oh, um, I'm not sure. You know, he was sort of taken back by the question and said, look, um, if it, it's done now, the game is over. But it was heat of the moment stuff. It was very raw. He definitely had not seen the images of the extra man on the on the goal line. Um, so I'm sure he probably maybe thinks a little bit different now. But I think it's OK as well that Glenn took two or three days to think about this because the course. deadline was half past three today. So mm-hmm. there was time to actually sit down and have a think about an appeal. And I, I think Glenn and Malky O'Rourke himself were reluctant about the idea of an appeal at the start. Then they've reflected on this. Yeah. And I just, again, we'll talk to this in column in a lot more detail. I feel bad for both sets of players. I feel really bad for Kim Crokes, who would have been out celebrating, lifting the American Cup, fantastic day for them on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And now this cloud hangs over everything until we find out what's going to happen with the appeal. And I'm sure Glenn agonised about whether they were going to appeal or not. It's not been nice for either side here. No, that it was left to Glenn. It should never have been left to Glenn. That is... It was terrible that it was left to them. Those players and management and committee had to come to this decision. They didn't want to have to say, look, we want to appeal this because they didn't want to look like sore losers. They didn't want to look like the people that, that you know, put their hands up and say, look, this is wrong. It was wrong in every aspect, but it should have been the GA that done that, I personally think, Will. I think it's terrible for both sets of players. Like, this sort of thing is traumatising on players. Like, it really is. You know, the whole country is watching on. Every newspaper, the front page is all about this. Like, it's terrible at this stage that, you know, Kilma could have been celebrating and now they're told, no, actually, you haven't won this All-Ireland. It's not yours just yet. Then you have Glenn going. I'm sure some of the players are like, I'm done. I'm checked out. I can't believe this is actually happening after all the work we've put in. 
you know, to get your mind back to wanting to go back into an All-Ireland when they're thinking of probably going into the county set up some of them, back to work, holidays, all of these things. It's just so, so unfair and what a, what a mess up. What an absolute mess up. As the GA said themselves uh, yesterday, we look for a few clarifications and we'll talk mm-hmm. about them in more detail later, but they were pointing out that now the National Football League is, is back and there is now a calendar issue and players are expecting to be going back in with their county. So it's all an absolute mess. Just a quick reminder of the results from Sunday's games, which Ash was watching at Croke Park. Uh, so in the hurling decider in the end, Ballyhale Charmers coming through by 122 to 115 and Chemical Croke's two-point winners against Glen 111 to 19. But more about that and none. It is time for Super Chat about Ballyhale. Now, delighted to say that three of their uh, key members uh, both management and players in the weekend are with us now goalkeeper Dean Mason we've got Pat Hoban the All-Ireland winning manager and forward own Cody was man the match after scoring 1-5 from play lads good morning to you good morning How's it going, lads? Owen if I can start with yourself um, what a day to land the ninth All-Ireland title uh, to do so coming was it 11 months after the disappointment of the Harry Ruddle goal and Ballygunner beating you in the last moment and ending hopes of three in a row uh, to be back at Crow Park a year later and getting your hands uh, back in the cup again must have been really special at the weekend yeah no um, absolutely um, it, was, it was great um, it's been a tough 11 months suppose, for the team and then obviously new management this year um, after last year's heartbreak it was, it was Great to have three fresh new faces, I suppose, in the club and in the parish and three just brilliant, brilliant people, brilliant coaches, management. And look, they drove the whole thing on from the very start and we all bought in and look, it obviously paid dividends. Last weekend we went up and we lifted Time World Cup again, so we're all absolutely delighted here. Yeah, the thing as well is, Owen, I was listening to, I was reading, sorry, Anthony Daly's uh, newspaper piece this week, and he was talking about the remarkable achievement that is the 50 years of your club. Now going to the top of the Kilkenny Roll of Honour this year, you're out very much on your own with the nine All-Ireland titles, and we watch generational players retire, like Henry Shefflin, like Michael Fenley, then yourself and Adrian come along and both win Young Hurler of the Year. You're looking at some schoolboys that you currently have on the panel, and Niall Shortall and Killian Corkin have come in to play part of a role as well. Uh, I think every club in the country is wondering, how have you managed to actually keep this run going? Um, yeah, it's just I think it's tradition and it's just generations passing it through to each other. Like there's and the family, just everything is just everything you read and you see in the papers and the stuff, all the interviews that lads always say it's so true. Like it's not just something we say; it, it's something that really happens down here. And like Adrian, obviously his, his brothers, like they're all on the team. His uncles. Where our, his uncles are the Fenley, seven Fenley's brothers who won countless All Irelands and county finals with the Shamrocks and the Kenny and stuff. And obviously his cousins, Colin and Mick. And then obviously myself, like, I have two two other, a brother and another cousin on the field the other day in the last five years. And then obviously our uncles that have been through it all before us and that's just passed down to generation. And we just, we look up to these people. We want to achieve what they achieve and we want to not just achieve what they achieve, want to bypass them if, if at all possible. And look, we, we've given it a fair go and probably not too far off now. If, if I could just add, add to that there, just an example of, I suppose, as an outsider looking in. I uh, remember during the summer, lovely summer's evening, and we were training. The lads were back from the county and um, there must have been an under maybe 10 or 11 training session on in the, in the juvenile pitch. And they were finished and they just came onto the adult pitch. And there was no setup, no uh, big deal. But Henry Shefflin was there the same night. 
Adrian, Owen, all these lads were just poking around with the seven or eight-year-olds and it was nothing contrived. It was just natural. And I was just, TJ was there the same night, just looking on saying, that's incredible, you know, these young lads are playing with some of the best players of all time and in just such a natural way. So I think that's half the secret as well. Pat, is that the dream appointment as a manager when you're looking for a club to go into a club who have won so much but still retain a hunger to get back to Croke Park every year? Like we talk about particularly the success of the last five years and if it hadn't been for COVID in the last minute goal, we could be talking about Ballyhale Shamrocks winning five All-Ireland titles in a row. They're the small margins here. Um, to be able to come into a club, as you say, with so many established stars, youngsters coming through who are very excited, and then you've got someone like Colin Fenley and, say, Joey Holan, who've been 100% committed to their club as opposed to Intercounty over the last year. Like, it must be the dream management position to take on. It's the dream management position when you win. Uh, I think uh, in advance of that, it comes with its pressures. It's, it's, uh, I've no doubt the boys will tell you, I don't think we were the first choice management team. So some people maybe felt maybe felt it wasn't the dream job because like that the expectation is massive with Ballyhale you know um, and it was such an important and uh, a year for the club with so many anniversaries and opportunities to make history to do five in a row to go top of the pile with Tullerone at 20 titles so there was pressure there as well but for for me and for James and for Niall like we just said hey this is just too good an opportunity chance to work with top top players and players, you know, we know these players a long time. Owen and Dean are on this call. I've watched them play since they were eight or nine-year-olds. So we're all familiar with the guys and stuff like that. So just to get that chance, yeah, for as a hurling person, um, stuff of dreams. Dean, when it comes to what you guys have achieved over the last few years, I think of some of the kind of adverse moments on the pitch and say near misses and where you probably had to dig deep. I think back about last year, Leinster Championship in Tullamore, looked like you were beaten against St. Rhinus, you manufacture a goal and managed to get out of jail that day. The very late free from TJ, which came in the semi-final against St. Thomas's, and the bit of a battle you had in the second half against Kilmacud, even the performance you had to put in the last nine or ten minutes at Crow Park at the weekend. It's no coincidence if a team does that on a regular basis. Um, you guys seem to be very good when it looks like your backs are up against the wall in the game. Um, so yeah, I suppose one of the things we always talk about is composure. Um, so like we all have these players there that have experienced it all, won it all. So like they're the leaders, and then the younger people, and we always try feed off that as well. And if they're composed, we try to do the same, and we just keep going, keep digging deep, especially at the later stages of games. And just when you keep doing that and keep the positive attitude, that's kind of how it pays off. Then after that. Keeping the form going as well, like there was a long break between the semi-final of the All-Ireland against Ballygunner, where I thought second half particularly you were brilliant that day. And then you've Adrian picking up his hamstring injury in the challenge game after that. Like, was it hard to bridge that gap around Christmas and also still be in peak condition coming around towards the end of January for an All-Ireland final? Um, so what we did was we just kind of we took kind of a week off just to dust ourselves down to just come away from the field and spend it with friends and family and then no one then coming into the new year that you have three good weeks of work to be done so I think that was kind of one of the good things at the time which was purely the fact that right you can dust yourselves down you can take a break but then we're straight back into it then straight away and that's what we did and we felt that that was probably the best thing to do as well because it keeps the freshness there when you come back after getting a deserved break yeah, just speaking of the, the break, Owen, what was it like, I suppose, after the hurt last year of Ballygunner and getting back to that semi-final this year and having your chance to get one over them? 
Paddy Gunner. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, no, look, obviously, they did beat us last year to the last minute goal, and probably was a lot of people saying that like they were probably number one club team, and like uh, people that kind of wrote us off over the media and stuff, and I think that show was on, because look, I think uh, as you can list their honours at the start of the show, like um, I think it's, it was a bit unfair, and it probably wasn't for us to hear team people writing us off after all we've achieved, and you know, um, that probably drove us on a bit as well. So, obviously, it was great. And look, I said it after the match, it wasn't just because it was Bally Gunner. It was because we were back in All-Ireland fighting and we had a chance to do what we wanted to do and win the All-Ireland. And we did, thank God. But obviously, after Bally Gunner beating us last year, look, it's obviously great to get back and look, get back to the team that knocked you down. So, look, yeah, we drove on. It was a, it was a great boost to the team. I think going into All-Ireland, we had come through such a big test. And then, as the Dean said, in three weeks, there was serious training going on and lads' heads were screwed on and uh, we performed on the day, thank God. I suppose, Owen, you won so much, you use any motivation that you possibly can coming into a game. But was there a genuine feeling within the camp that people thought that Bally Gunner had moved quite a bit ahead of you? Because, like, I'll hold my hands up and I'll say I was very impressed by how Bally Gunner hurled in Munster, particularly in the Piercy game. And I thought... Obviously, people looked at your performance against Kilmacode and wondered maybe Bally Gunner are in better form coming into the game. Did you get the feeling genuinely that there was a bit of a chip on the shoulder about how you were being perceived at the time? I know, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I think we were all off. And uh, look, you don't write off like any teams. And I don't think you write off this Bally Tail team either. And like, when you have TJ, Joey, Colin, like, it, I just don't think they, they deserve to be all off. Like, these lads are legends on the game. And like, our club is a brilliant club. And I don't think we had a deserve to be wrote off and that did drive us on. Look, these small things, you have to use them and we used it and look, we probably love going into that game on the underdog and um, yeah, we, we showed on the pitch that day that look, we're not gone yet and thank God, nine, nine All-Irelands now for the club and it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is really just phenomenal to, to watch the rise and since you came into the squad, the senior squad, how many championship games have you lost on? Um, yeah, look, I've been lucky enough. <laughs> I think myself and Dean are the two, Derek Harpin as well, but I think Dean actually is the only person that started all the, the five in a row. So we came in that year and the only game we've lost is the, the Valley Gunner All-Ireland last year. So look, you need that bit of heartbreak as well. I think that'll stand to us in the long run, but... Fairness to Dean, he's the only man that started all the games. I only started the county final that year. I was a sub until then. But I have them all, but Dean is the Dean is the man there after winning every single game. He's the he's the difference maker. I mean, like it is a pretty special record um to have won every championship game you have bar one, um, which bar one puck you could potentially have won. Uh, you must be very aware, Dean, that that's a very special period that the club are living through at the moment as well. Oh, it is, absolutely. Like like there was a chance of doing it a good few years ago of winning five in a row with Kilkenny and they just fell short so then when the second time when it came around so the likes of Joey you know Joey TJ Richie would have been there Colin as well like all them lads they had the chance to do it again and like luckily enough that that's the way it went and it just fell our way and just the experience that they had before that they said to themselves right we're not doing this again and we just kind of sink in with that as well we just say right well we'll do it for you as well and we're all in this together Dean, if I can bring you back to Sunday's game, I mean, you were seven or eight point favourites, I think, before the game got underway. 
Then three minutes in, Dunloy get a wonderful goal. And even up to that point, because many people look at the final scoreline, they'll go 122, 115 was roughly what was expected. I don't think that's entirely reflective because you guys had a tremendous last eight or nine minutes of the game. Dunloy never went away at any point, really. Uh, no, and we weren't expecting them to go away either because we kind of saw the quality that they had and after beating Schlock Neal and beating Thomas's two very good teams that gave us trouble over the years as well. So we knew that Dunloy, they definitely have something there and they're a good quality team. So we just knew that if we stick to our basics and our tactics, that if we just keep biting away at it and like keep the scoreboard ticking over, that was one of the good things about it because when you look back at the game, it was only kind of three points, then two points, back to three, two, then it was back to one then at a couple of stages as well so like the game was never in our favour at times or whatever because they were just the quality that they have and the players that they have and the ability that's there we knew that it was a real challenge on our hands Pat I'll let you talk about Owen's contribution here 1-5 from play two other goal chances could have had a hat-trick on another day if it wasn't for two really good saves are from Ryan Elliott he was there in the kind of poacher's position to put the goal away which gave you the lead at half time um, that's a serious contribution 1-5 from play in an All-Ireland final from a player Incredible, and uh, I suppose the the challenge for us to own and own in particular, and own is one of the. I suppose he's a, as you said, twice young hurler of the year. He's a top class player, but I suppose the loss of Adrian to the team was massive. Adrian's been a massive player all year; has really led the charge for us, both on scoring and physicality. So Adrian was out. The challenge to the likes of Owen was to step up and be counted. And I mean, you know, he was incredible on the day. One five man of the match. I think I didn't see it yet, but I think in his interview he felt he probably shouldn't have got the man of the match the last day, but he absolutely deserved it last Sunday. So congratulations to him. And you'll hear him speaking there. He's very level-headed. One thing I've noticed in Ballyhale, uh, nobody gets ahead of themselves. You know, you're put back in your box very, very quickly. And uh, I think that's part of the, the drive as well. Nobody gets nobody gets bigger than the team. And uh, But... No, a fantastic performance by Owen. I suppose just when I have Dean on, he'll feel bad if I don't give him a little bit of praise as well. He had a great year, great season. And I suppose a lot of very good goalkeeping displays right throughout the championship, you know, from Dunloy, from Ballygunner. But uh, Dean played a major part with us and he put in savage work. Our sub-keeper, Mark Elward, Mark's uh, when he's sixth Club All-Ireland the weekend. He's now well into his 40s, but he was a huge driving force for Dean and kept him on his toes. So congrats to both guys there. Yeah, Owen, you said after the the post-match interview, you said that Joey Holden should have got the the man of the match you felt. I think, you know, it was everyone else felt it and they let me know. I was saying (laughs) that was the the main issue. The the whole Christmas, I was told that Joey Holden was man of the match and I was useless, so... It was nice to actually get one and not hear anyone giving out to me this time. So this is about a previous game, so it was the the semi-final? Yeah, the semi-final in Spandy Gunner. In fairness, I couldn't have whipped off a half-time that day, so when the boys called me over after the game, I thought I was going for a drug test, not man in the match. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, Joey Holland was incredible in that game. We, we spoke about that during... That's not yeah. to take away from any of the forwards that they owned. Like You guys had a tremendous performance at the far end of the field, but I just thought... It was one of those performances from Joey. We were actually in, we were in the Hurling Pod WhatsApp group talking about one stage. And I knew when Paul Murphy was talking about his former teammate and saying, you know what, Joey Holden was incredible without having to look flashy. He always seemed to be in the right place at the right time. And in many ways, that's a sign of a very good defender on. I know, Joey, Joey is, we probably see lads tweeting and lads saying, but Joey is the most underrated defender, underrated hurler. I say you're ever likely to come across, like, why he's achieved and 
on on the pitch, like you won't meet a genuinely sounder lad. And you said just the basics, like he was marking Daisy Hushton, probably if not the best inside forward in the country. And like Joey, this lad that people probably think, oh, he's past his best, or he was never even at his best. And look what he did, like that's no disrespect to Daisy, like but Joey is he's special and. Like without him coming back from America, I don't think we'd be on this Zoom call. And that's a credit to him and what he brings to this team. And and he probably is like we all look up to him so much. And look, he was unbelievable that day. And fairness, he did he did deserve man of the match. So um, look, he doesn't care about them things either as well. He'll give you a bit of stick over, it, but look, he's just happy we're all in champions. And so is everyone else. Yeah, I think in a roll yeah, in the middle is, is what really matters. Pat, how far away was Adrian Mullen from playing? Because you know, we had heard that he picked up a knock in a challenge game and you're playing against TCU and his hamstring was playing up. Did you know like the minute that the hamstring went in that challenge game that he was unlikely to be able to play or was it actually fairly close up to the game that he wasn't available? Well, it was two weeks out when it happened. So two weeks is very tight for any hamstring. Uh, but Adrian is a phenomenal athlete and any of the testing we did on him, uh, the physiotherapy testing, etc., he was excelling. And, uh, you know, you were living in hope, but he's such, as I said, a powerful, powerful athlete that maybe he was disguising the damage that was internal. So he was scanned for a second time uh, the Monday previous to the game, and that really confirmed that it wasn't going to happen. But up until that point, we were giving him every chance. Uh, you know, we were hoping he, maybe he could play a part, but the long-term risks were too injury, too uh, too risky, and uh, look, that's why you have a panel. That's why you have a team, and it's somebody else gets an opportunity. Like um, to mention Owen's brother there, Brian. Literally up to last week, Brian was not an option for us. He had a, an operation on his toe going back a number of months, and it wasn't uh, improving. Only last week, he met with his surgeon, who gave him the go-ahead, and he trained twice. And based on that, his ability. He's an inter-county style player. You know, we ended up bringing him on. So it just shows you sometimes look can go against you and sometimes look can go your way. So, yeah, Adrian, we knew we knew realistically from midweek that he wasn't a runner, but it was good to know that bit out as well. Uh, we were able to plan accordingly and the, the, the team knew as well. He probably wasn't going to play. So everybody got on with it. And that sport, you just move on. No excuses. Dean, I'll give you the final word on this because two of your main players are going travelling for the next while in Joey Holland and Colin Fenley. I'm sure you're making sure that they're going to be back by August or so so they can actually play in the club championship next year. Um, I, don't, I don't know what way that's going to work because uh, I knew, well, I think the both of them are looking at going away for a year kind of minimum and see after that. But I suppose it's, like Pat was saying there, it's all about the depth of the squad and new players get their chances and they can they can learn from you know, the likes of Joey and Colin that were there and then they can learn from the lads that are still there. You know, you have TJ, you have Owen, Adrian, Richie Reid, you have all these lads as well so they can learn and be around that sort of environment and then they can progress then in that way and the more games that they play, the more kind of comfortable they become in a position and that's kind of how you kind of improve as a, as a player. Um, that's how I feel. Before we go, we better ask how the celebrations have been going, Owen. Uh, they're going well. Um, <laughs> they're going. <laughs> they, they stay going, and uh, we'll, we'll enjoy it. We'll enjoy it 100%, especially with the lads going off. We'll make sure we're around each other for the week, and look, we'll enjoy it. We're, we're happy. We're happy men down here in Valley Hill. Oh, brilliant. Evan Shefflin is the fastest gun on social media uh, based on the burn that he put in on TJ Reid. So it, oh, seems, very good. it seems the crack has been mighty free. <laughs> um, lads, congratulations on uh, Ballyhale Shamrock's ninth AIB All Ireland title, and thanks a million for joining us on the show.
Thanks, lads. 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 You know, I was thinking that as well. That that that's not nice. You know, um, a club to have won nine All Irelands. It's just incredible to see TJ Reid. You know, and we didn't really talk about it. Like, thankfully, we we have the show and we get to bring them on. But it really the shine was taken away because of everything that firstly went on with the football. So uh, yeah, it was nice to chat to them there. And I just think everyone is envious of Ballyhale because remember we were talking to Morris about this last week that oftentimes we will have clubs who go through a period where they are successful and we talked about like say Borough and Portumna and the Hurling particularly who cashed in for a few years and now have been away from the dance for quite some time with Ballyhill Shamrocks it just seems to keep going and I'm not sure if that is the lads who explained there the cultural thing the fact that they've got family members who've previously been on successful sides the expectation of winning is always there yeah. maybe they've just been blessed that they've had some fantastic players over the last 20 years but this goes way beyond one group of players to succeed nine times on club final day yeah, they 100% have been blessed with with the talent, with the players, but it's those players that are going onto the pitch to the to the younger kids. You know, they're going there poking ball with underage players. Like that's the difference. Well, like you don't really see that. And the way Pat mentioned it there, it was brilliant that he mentioned it because you have the likes of Henry Shefflin, T.J. Reid, Colin Fenley. Like if we see these type of players, we're in awe. Never mind young kids, and they're in my club. Like that must be amazing for them. I and wonder if it just becomes normal to those kids. Where like, ah, that's my uncle, or that's yeah. my that's my neighbour who's up there. It probably out. does, and it's obviously it's just a normal thing to to keep going, to keep winning, to to keep training hard. It's a cultural thing, and it's feeded through all of them. So it, it is definitely a knock on effect seeing them win the title after title. But yeah, it is just phenomenal. They're a tiny parish, like they're a small club. So to see what they've done, like I don't think we can ever say enough like it's remarkable yeah Joe Canning saying last night look Joe Canning is one of the the legends of the club game with Pertumna he was saying it's very unlikely another club will get to 9 or 10 All-Ireland titles he thinks it's just so so hard to do Mm -hmm. and yet Ballyhead Shermarks have been able to replicate the success year after year Uh, when it comes to the football just a bit of reaction over the week that's gone by before we talk to Colm Keyes Uh, Glenn have officially put in their appeal against the result as of last night that appeal went in around 11pm so the CCC if the GA are set to convene very soon we're told by the GA although it's not clear the timeline about what could potentially happen from here because Kimco Crooks will have time to respond and most likely there will be a hearing around that appeal so don't expect news of no replay a replay a fine or potential forfeiture which are three of the options that could potentially happen uh, but Joe Brawley was on OTB during the week and he felt that the decision should not have been left in the club's hands about an appeal and he felt that the GA should have stepped in and made a decision themselves well, the GA's reputation is at stake. It's not a, this isn't a private matter between Waddy Grahams and Phil McCudd. I'm going to drop. This is this is about the integrity of the game itself, and part one, which is where Rule Six Four Four is, is about the, the 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 fundamental ground rules of the GA, and one of those is that 15 players play against 15, and Rule Six Four Four really only gives three options. Well, it only gives three options. Mm. Once it's proved that uh, that there's been a breach, then the GA can either fine, order forfeiture, or a replay. And the rule specifically says that the 
the decision that they make dep- depends on the circumstances. So depending on the circumstances. So I think Paul Mannion was the 17th man, but he was, that was a technical breach. So that would be a fine. I think it's pretty, it's implicit. In He's close to the sideline essentially. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. neither here. That's not affecting the game. I mean, it would, it would not be within the spirit of the game to, to, to order a replay because Paul Mannion had infringed over the sideline. That's, that's like a water boy infringing. Yeah. Then, You've got a situation like this one, which is where a player who's substituted instead of going off goes to the goal line, takes up a defensive position in the centre of the goal line to defend the last critical play. Don't forget that Glenn had almost scored a goal mm. from the previous play whenever Connor Glass pulled on it in the ground and the keeper made a save. And on that last play, in fact, Dugan, the Mahara fullback, he tried to flick the ball on, missed it by a whisk- whisker. Now, if you had flicked it on, it would have gone goalwards and you would have been in the extraordinary situation where it may well have been Dara Mullen who saved it. I mean, you can see him coming out with the ball, doing a one-two, kicking it in the air. The referee blows the whistle. And so it's quite clearly a flagrant breach of the rule. This is a player who's continuing to take part in the game after he has been substituted. It's nothing to do with the referee or the linesman. This is the, the responsibility in the rule is placed on the team itself. So it's not a technical breach. It's a flagrant breach. You have an extra man defending the last play. And it seems to me that the only honourable option is for the GA to order a replay. And it's most disappointing to me. I think it's a total act of cowardice, of abdication of their responsibility to now say today they are not, because they have the power under Rule 644, Mm. Two ways that, that, that it operates is either on an objection from the club, and in this case it will be proven because it's accepted that the, that the breach occurred. I mean, we could all see that. But the committee in charge can investigate it themselves, and they've said today, oh, no, they're not going to do that. Which I, 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 I am in disbelief about that. We asked the GA for a response to the reason why they couldn't investigate without Glenning putting an appeal in. And the response that we got is that there would then be an expectation that the GA would have to probe every incident in every game, every time a referee was deemed to have missed something that adversely impacted a result. And that wouldn't be practical or realistic for the GA to have to do so. So therefore, the objection would have to come from what they say the unit. And in this case, the unit would be the club who were affected by the result of the weekend and that's why Glenn had until half past three this afternoon to put in that appeal and the appeal was lodged late last night delighted to say that Colm Keyes from the Irish Independent is with us now Colm how are you getting on? How are you? I'd much prefer I'm sure you were uh, I'm sure you were hoping to have a couple of Kilmacud players on this morning like uh, <laughs> like you had Bally Hale but obviously I'll uh I'll have to try and substitute that now. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the exact plan. I mean, look, it was all here. Ash was talking to Paul Mannion and to Shane Walsh at the weekend. And Paul Mannion was talking about his great comeback from injury. And Shane Walsh was talking about how, you know, there'd been pressure on him all year after the transfer and how delighted he was to get his hands on a medal at the end of it. But now unfortunately, no <laughs> all of that is lost like tears in rain. And the, the thing is, Colm, that is one of the probably the tragedies of what's happened over the last three days or so is that Kimco Crooks won a game on the field. They went up and they lifted the American Cup. And this has been hanging over it since. And no matter what happens with the CCC hearing, that is going to temper what's happened for them over the last few days. Oh, surely. And uh, you know, Connor Ferris came into the um, into the press room afterwards, and obviously he was the, the hero of the hour with that last gasp save from from Connor Glass that led to the forty five that gave the opportunity for subs to come in where it all where it all started. 
and obviously uh, he was one of the fall guys uh, last last February. His kick in field, um, some of his handling, obviously for for some there was a, a fault line there, but obviously the faith kill McCoy had in him, and indeed his manager Robbie Brennan and captain Shane Cunningham spoke so glowing glowingly of him, and he he made a save earlier in the game from uh, one of the one of the Glen substitutes, Stephen O'Hara, as well. So uh, he had a very, very strong influence this time. And obviously, a wonderful redemption story that is also on ice for now because of where everything is this morning. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy for Glenn either. We heard from Malachi O'Rourke in the press conference directly after the game when he was asked about it by Carol Kane. And he said, you know, his feeling was that it was the ruling on the pitch and it was unlikely that they would go and appeal. But still, Glenn had time to sit down and to reflect and they would have had until half past three this afternoon to make a decision about an appeal. I think, understandably, when you've got to your first All-Ireland final, when they were within a kick of a ball at the end of the game, albeit it was a goal line that was full of Kilmico Crokes players that were trying to get past they're perfectly entitled to take their couple of days to have a think about this and maybe even have a U-turn on what the club were feeling on Sunday evening. Yeah, that's their entitlement for sure. And indeed, I would think with any communication with CCCC, that was probably conveyed to last Monday, I would imagine, when they did seek the clarification, it was, well, it's up to yourselves to appeal. I won't say they were encouraged to appeal in any way, but I'm sure they 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 were clearly instructed on that. Do they feel a grievance on this? Well, I feel myself the the big issue here is is um, the safeguarding of the rules as to the future, much more so than any grievance that Glenn could have. In my opinion, I think Kilmacud deserved to win the game. On the balance of play, I thought they won it. Obviously, Dara Mullen, who was the 16th man on the field, had, had no direct impact, but he had an impact nonetheless in that he was an extra body there. Um, I see this as an error on the officials more so than the team. I was obviously listening to Joe there and he was uh, stressing how the responsibility is on the team to get the player off the field. But when you look back at it, uh, Conor Casey's coming on and as he's taking up position, the 45 is taken. It's taken very, very quickly and play is quickly killed after that with a second, with a wide, uh, with a wide from one of the Glen forwards. So it happens very, very quickly Time to get off the field at that stage? I would think not. Is Dara Mullen listening out for his name or looking up at the board? Maybe he is, only he knows that himself. Um, but Dara Mullen was the player that went back and cleared the last uh, the last lines against Cairns O'Reilly's came out of the ball when they were under pressure. We actually spoke about that here two weeks ago. So um, what's he thinking? Is he thinking it's me or is he thinking I'm going back on the line and I'm going to save my team again? That's probably his line of thought there. I think the fault line lies with the officials more so in that they didn't, uh, that in that when they realised the player hadn't got off, that they didn't recall the 45 and make make another play of that again, just as Connor Lane and his officials did with Rob Henley at the end of the 2021 All-Ireland semi-final. So really the communication from the sideline uh, should have been better uh, and made much clearer that this has to be replayed again. This 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 particular play has to go again, and that it wasn't now. I think is probably the main reason, more so than Darren Mullen not getting off the field within the seconds that he had to get off. Uh, I don't think there was enough time for the substitution to happen properly uh, in this case, and I think that will be the bedrock of any Kilmacud uh, Croaks counter objection, which I, which I think there will be. Having said that. Fundamentally, there was 16 players 
on the field at a very, very critical time of the match. And it is a real dilemma now for the GA and for the Competition Controls Committee uh, as well, because this is an All-Ireland final. Uh, when have we seen an All-Ireland final like this in dispute before, uh, either at club or inter-county level? Uh, it's been a long, long time. There was actually a precedent in, in 2007 in the replay of the uh, Cross Midland and Dr. Croaks when a mm. cross player was on the field having been sent off for for longer. But that was that was waved away, let go. Obviously, Cross won that game convincingly and it wasn't uh, in Dr. Croaks' interest to, to chase after that. This is a much closer game. The circumstances are different. It obviously depends on it depends on circumstances here. That's the rule. Um, a replay, certainly, I, I would have felt on Monday that was certainly the the feeling that this would go to a replay. Um, they have that option of depending on circumstances. They could look at it and say, well, there was no direct impact on play, but the safeguarding of these rules around numbers on the field into the future is very, very important here and the most important thing at all. And unfortunately, tough on Kilmacud Croaks as that would be a replay for the GAA, not for not for uh, not for Kilmacud's obviously uh, Kilmacud obviously, but for the GAA. And even though the officials are probably more culpable here than than Croaks because of the failure to uh, to to replay that forty five, um, I feel. That a replay would have, would probably be the, be, be the best option here, but it may not be the option that's arrived at. Yeah, because yeah. as you mentioned, the precinct is there. We think back about our technical breaches like the 2020 Donegal football final. I think back to the qualifier between Leash and Armagh when the black card had just come in back in 2016, where again, I think the Leash player who came on after a black card had no material impact, but he was on the pitch, so they'd made seven subs. I think technically was the rule on that one. So there is precinct of games being replayed before, yeah, but the, the, the stakes have never been this high, though, Colin. But, well, I don't think the Kilcar game was replayed in the end, uh, the 2020 Donegal final, even though, wasn't it that one of the Glenties players came on and uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the opposition players came on and took a penalty uh, in, in the shootout? Wasn't that the case? Yeah. No, I'm by, by memory. And it wasn't, it wasn't replayed. So that was a direct impact on the... Uh, that was a, re- a direct impact on the game. And obviously depending on circumstances. So there's a decision there to be made. But obviously, this is an All-Ireland club final and it's very, very much a talking point. Yeah. And to, to guard against future breaches like this or mm-hmm. future abuse of it, that's, that's, that's really what's at play here more than, more than the destination of the, of the Cup. And there's no guarantee, of course, that after a counter-objection and perhaps even a journey to the Disputes Resolution Authority on this, 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 could, this could go that far. Um, Kilmacud might say we're not interested in playing but t- things change and even Glenn's position may have changed it obviously changed from Maliki O'Rourke's immediate sentiment to where we are now Yeah I was in the room with you at that point Colin when we asked Maliki and he, he almost seemed unsure about it all the incident and you know he, he wasn't fully aware of it all I don't think I'm sure after he's seen footage and the pictures and that sort of thing it might have been different um, but yeah I think it's so unfair on the players now it's like a lose-lose situation that's what it feels now and I think it definitely lies with the officials that they are mic'd up they are fully mic'd up that they can talk to one another that they can say to the referee there is two players still on that pitch to come off yet wait and the referee needs to say okay hold on hold on and if it's taken retake it it has to be stopped because it shouldn't come back down on the players and when we're talking about if it affected the game or not you know I sort of went back and forth on this one but 
there is an extra body on the line. You know, there is an extra person on the line when they're in a crucial moment in the game. You look at Ballyhale Shamrocks last year, the All-Ireland semi-final against St. Thomas's. You know, anything can happen. Kilku last year, you know, last kick of the game, basically they get a goal. So I do think it's so, so unfair that if someone is in around the play, they're on the line, when they're going for goal, it's different. Paul Mannion, he was nearly on the sideline. If the ball came near him, I don't think he would have went near it. He would have ran off. He knew he was going off. I think the thing as well, Ash, look, they, they will probably consider the material impact here. But like mm-hmm. the rule, the way that it's written is it's a breach for having too many players on the pitch. The like, yeah. intent is not actually part of the rule. No, just bringing that up. But absolutely, yeah. there was too many players on the pitch. It, it, it's You've won it unfairly. And that is, I don't believe it's Kilmacud's fault there. I, I do believe that it's the officials, that they should yeah, have done something in that moment. If you look at uh, if you look at Paul Mannion's withdrawal, uh, and he takes his time coming off as he would, you know, to try and this was all about killing time and killing killing the game and stopping any momentum that Glenn might have uh, generated uh, with that Connor Glass opportunity. So Paul Mannion takes his time coming off, and he stops to look back, and Danny Tallon has taken his forty five at that stage. Dara Mullen hasn't either realised or hasn't come off, whatever his circumstances are there, whether he has the awareness or not that it's him. And has has it been communicated to him, or has he heard it? They're all they're all the questions. I'm sure that a Kilmacud uh, counter objection to this, whatever if if it is a replay indeed that's been ordered, if there is a counter objection to it, um, they're all the questions that I'm sure Kilmacud will will fill in on. Um, but Paul Mannion, I don't think there's any relevance here because he's on his way off and the mm-hmm. kick is taken so quickly he hasn't op- had an opportunity to make it back to the station. Now he does stop and turn around to see what's happening, but he's certainly not impacting on playing anyway. Uh, so it just it, it illustrates the speed with which the 45 was taken, and really at that point the officials should have been in, you know, either making sure the substitutions are complete or when they realise that there's been 16 players in the field call it back in the same way that it was at the 2021 All-Ireland Final, even though Mayo benefited from that because the initial kick was mixed, missed. Yeah. It was one of their players. It was one of their players that was actually uh, taking, his, taking his time coming off. So they had 16 players in the field. So they benefited from their own tardiness, shall we say, in getting a player off that day. And as it happens, Dublin consequently lost their first game in six, six years, over six years in the championship. So uh, that, was, that, that, was a, that was a big consequence for them. Colin, if I can ask you one final one before we finish up, because we had Ryan Edouard on the show last night and he was talking about some of the discourse around this and maybe a feeling that uh, some people didn't particularly, because it's Chemical Croaks who are involved, they perhaps uh, had a stigma against Chemical Croaks because of the Shane Walsh transfer, because this idea of a super club. And it would seem that Chemical Croaks have, have felt quite hurt by some of the discourse that's happened over the last three or four days. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's all that. I don't think it's all that relevant. I think the, the greatest relevance here, and uh, I've said it already, I think it would be very, very tough on Kilmacud Croaks, but the greatest relevance here is uh, the safeguarding of these rules. You know, mistakes can happen, but around the number of substitutions in and out uh, and the numbers on the field at any given time, uh, the opportunity for abuse, if this isn't dealt with in clear-cut fashion, uh, remains open for every team up and down the country after this. This is the highest standard. It's an All-Ireland Club final, and that has to be taken into account too. So really, it's 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 far more about safeguarding those rules, which should be sacrosanct, really. And even though 
probably the greater culpability here lies, I think, with 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 officials for not for not ensuring the 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 passage of of players in and out, even though uh, there is responsibility and duty on the team to but not to not to replay. I think that's the bigger issue is the safeguarding of the rules for the future. Cheers, Colm, and thanks a million for your contributions throughout the season on the show as well. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Ashley. Thank thanks, you very Colm. much. Bye bye. Yeah. Thing is, Ashing, right? The CCCC hearing is going to happen. Probably a DRA counter hearing. Are, are you being sent along to have to sit outside the room? <laughs> I don't know. It's normally Owen Sheehan that does that stuff. <laughs> we'll get him back for that. Um, it's just madness. I think the the GA should have stepped in as well. Like that, we had to wait around on this. It was just laughable, really. But uh, I don't know how you feel, well. But I think a, a replay is the the fairest outcome. I know it's not what Kilmacud want to hear, but I think they'll think it too when they see there was 16 players on the pitch. And if there's all this talk about it, do they want to win in that way? But yeah, it's either way, it's going to be very, very interesting. I'd agree with you. And the reason I'd agree is that I think forfeiture, which is one of the options, is way too strong. I think for forfeiture, you'd have to be talking about some kind of planned attempt to get around the rules, which I don't believe was the case here. Yeah, uh, This is a technical breach. Too many players were on the pitch at the one time. So that reach has been ruled. Or sorry, that, that rule has been breached, Stephen. So therefore, I think the two options that are on the table are the replay, which seems the sensible one, or a fine, which perhaps sounds too lenient. Now, I'm intrigued a fine. to see... fine. They're not going not gonna to care about a fine. I just no. think that's ridiculous. No. Like, that's not going to affect anyone. We can't, we can't end this with a fine. You know, it's an All-Ireland club senior title. It's massive. Yeah. I, I also think it's very easy for someone from the outside to say, and this, this has been mentioned quite a bit, just leave it. Like, if I was Glenn, I would just accept the fact that they lost by two points and just leave it. I think the complete opposite of that, which is Liam Watson, the Dunloy or the Lockheed Hurler, was tweeting about this last night and he said it could be once in a lifetime. Yeah, you Glenn can't might just never, sit Glenn back. might never get to an All Ireland final again. And you might sit down in a pub in 10 or 15 mm-hmm. years' time and think, what if? you know what, maybe we should have appealed. Yeah, what if? Like, you can't sit back and just be allow this to happen to you. You know, it, it was unfair. They had an extra person on the pitch. Everyone's always going to debate whether it had an effect on the game or it didn't. At the end of the day, the rules were broke. There was an extra person on the pitch and that's unfair. And for me, you can't sit back and allow that to happen in an All-Ireland final. These lads have trained since back, oh my God, I'd say probably before this time last year, do you know? I would say it's been a solid year. For yeah. Chemical Crooks particularly, their story should have been the mm-hmm. redemption of, of course, losing Kilku yeah. and then winning last weekend. They've been should on have the go non-stop for over a year now. And this Glen team have been determined since they lost Kilku in the Ulster Championship that they felt, you know what, we're not too far off the current All-Ireland champions. These are yeah. two teams early in the year that we had picked out. I remember when Tommy did a power rankings before the semi-finals in the Provincial, he had these two teams in the top three. It was Kilku, Glen and Chemical Crooks. Mm-hmm. These are teams who thought they were going to go to Crow Park and win an All-Ireland title. You put all that sweat, all that toil, all that effort in. It's a pity that so much is going Such to be decided a pity, inside isn't it, two that we're talking rooms. about this. Like, yeah. oh, it's so entertaining for all of us, isn't it? We've loads to talk about, but my God, these players, this team, this management, and all they've went through to get to this point, and this is the outcome. It's so so sad that this is the case, and yeah, I just I just can't believe that again. It's been left to, to Glenn to make that choice now, and we're in this situation of waiting to see will it be a replay? Won't it be? You know, now it's up to Kilmacud what they want to do, but. I think the the fairest outcome would be a replay 
but it's it's just yeah we need to think about the players in this because traumatising like for anyone that's lost finals in, in tough ways <laughs> I think this is the peak and I just cannot imagine what their their heads must be like at this moment in time and I wonder what impact it would have on the psychology in a potential replay too where I think both teams would be driven by different feelings going into it in Glenn's case it could be a second bite of the cherry which they didn't think they were going to get in Cumberland Cook Croke's case it, they might feel aggrieved that they had to go back and play a replay again you're wondering who's more fired up who's going to be more calm going into it yeah it's, uh, it's intriguing. Uh, maybe we might be back in two Wednesdays' time. Who we knows? We might be, Will. We could be back, yeah. It could be next week. It could be this weekend. Who knows? <laughs> We're not sure about the timeline. I think it's unlikely it'll be unlikely. played this weekend. That yeah. was the speculation initially that with the Walsh Cup final falling on Saturday because they've decided to play each other, Wexford and Galway, that there was that slot with Dublin and Clare this coming Saturday. And it's way too... Like, lads have literally been yeah, in the Yeah, no, it's probably totally unfair now to put the game on the weekend. Yeah. And no. I think the appeals you will take a, a, bit of a, a little bit longer than Thursday, which was the plan originally. But thanks for joining us uh, throughout the season uh, to Sinead was producing today at uh, to Jojo Cardoso and also to Emma Carl who've been doing video throughout uh, to Ash and to Tommy who've been uh, hosting throughout the series and all the various great guests that we had along the way and of course the great Catherine Murphy who has been producing most weeks but she's away this week um, for all of the work on the Club Championship show it has been brought to you by AIB if you missed any of today's show or you want to look at any of the dialogue that we've had across OTB AM and the PM radio show across OTB over the last week because this has been pretty prominent uh, Glenn against Kimiko Crokes you can check it all out in our uh, social pages our YouTube has got all the videos in the week that is Off The Ball and we'll see we could well be chatting to you in a couple of weeks time uh, stay tuned across Off The Ball for more on this story as it heads towards the CCC as well thanks a million for watching and listening The Club Championship Show on OTB in partnership with AIB proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships Hashtag The Toughest